Yes, sir. Actually, that's where exactly where I want to start, Scott Kaplan, because yes, Christopher's right. It's really the only thing we have to hold on to today because everything else has been bad. Yep. The Rams are terrible. The Chargers are predictably terrible. The Dodgers are losing free agents like by the minute. And, um, and the Lakers are, well, they're just very average right now. So, yeah, good place to start, George Sedano. Welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. I hope everybody listening did as well. Let's freaking go, man. Yeah, same to you. Now, here's the deal. I, I want to start here because I, I, I'll say this. For years, okay, I have been talking to this audience and telling them that the thing that USC needs to do is get out of their own way. That USC needs to stop with this nonsense of keep it in the family, blah, 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 blah. Because keeping it in the family had gotten you really nowhere, okay? <laughs> Let's be real. Outside of one Sam Darnold year that uh, caught everybody by surprise, they hadn't really done anything for you. So the first thing they did, Scott, was hire your guy, Boney, okay? Yep. Your guy, yep. Boney, your boy. Yep. All right, so they hire Boney outside of the box Outside of the family, I applauded that. And then we got to this situation where he fired Clay Helton. You fought me tooth and nail on that, okay? Because you didn't believe your boy Boney did the right thing. Well, not at the time, right. At the time, I didn't like it. Yeah. And I told you the only way to try to salvage any of this, and they already have a historically bad recruiting class, is to get rid of Clay Helton now, as nice a man as he is, and... And you got to nail this hire, okay? Now, would you say they nailed this hire? Because I sure as hell would. I would say so. I think what's so incredible about going out and getting a guy like, like Lincoln Riley is, George, since the day Clay Helton was fired, did you remember anybody ever mentioning no, Lincoln Riley? Not once. Okay, that's the brilliance of this hire, is that no one ever mentioned his name, which means that behind the scenes, they were working on this particular guy. And the story of how this all gets done after the press conference between the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game on Saturday night and how they were on a Zoom call with Lincoln Riley that night, throwing numbers his way, it is really a brilliant hire, not just because of Lincoln Riley's success at Oklahoma and what his cachet is to a high school kid, especially in Southern California, but the fact that they were able to do this with no one hearing about it is and hiring somebody who's as accomplished and as employed as Lincoln Riley was, it really is a brilliant hire. A hundred percent. And here's the deal. Not only do they do it in secrecy, and generally that's when things get done um, most successfully, right? Now, it is unbelievably difficult to do that in today's day and age in 2021 when everybody has a source, everybody's got a camera phone. But I guess if you're going to do it via Zoom and you have people with tight lips, you're going to make that work, right? Because there's no meeting, there's no in-person meeting, there's no random restaurant night or bar night where somebody can just snap a photo and be like, hey, Mike Bones hanging out with Lincoln Riley. What's going on there? Right, you know, right, Because right. literally after that game that you mentioned, the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, he was asked about the LSU job, right. not the USC job. So right. they were asking the wrong questions, the media that was there. <laughs> right. But l- yep. let, me, let me just say this, okay? The question was asked to me today by a friend of mine. Hey, who, who is a USC fan? Hey, did the Trojans finally hire their savior? And I would say the answer is no question about it. This guy is 38 years old, has put two Heismans into the NFL, 
as number one picks, okay? He is the guy you want if you are a young quarterback. And he's 38. So one of two things is going to happen here. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. One of two things is going to happen here. He's either going to be a legend here for his entire career, right? For what's whatever's left of it, which could be, you know, 25, 30 years. Or he's going to be so damn successful at this place that eventually the NFL is going to come calling. Either way, you win if you're an SC fan, okay? That's the way I look at it. Here's the other thing, Scott, when you and I were debating the stuff about Clay Helton, right? About the kids here and the, the local kids didn't want to stick around. They didn't want to play for Clay. So now the C.J. Strouds of the world, the Bryce Youngs of the world, the D.J. Uingaleles of the world, they ain't leaving. They ain't leaving. They're not leaving Southern California. Those quarterbacks are not leaving, okay? They are not leaving Southern California to go elsewhere now, okay? Perfect example is Malachi Nelson, a local kid who decommitted immediately from Oklahoma upon Lincoln Riley's move to USC. Yep. So five-star kid, you know, top two or three kid in the recruiting class at the position you know, is going Alamito to stay tie. home probably. Yep. Yeah. George, look, you, you, you and I did argue about this quite a bit, and your point is a good one, which is sometimes you got to go outside the family. Here's what happens, though. When you're part of the USC family, whether you're a former player, uh, somebody who's gone on to great NFL success, what have you, you know, you always want your people to be at your school because you feel like they have more invested than an outsider. But on the other hand, sometimes it takes an outsider to, to come in and look at it and bring some new ideas and some fresh thoughts and, uh, and a whole new perspective to, to start over. And see, that's what USC fans did not and don't want to hear. They don't want to hear about starting over. But this is starting over with whatever you've got. Like, I was watching the game this past Saturday night, and, you know, listen, um, Jackson Dart's a nice young quarterback. He's he a is. tough runner. He's a good thrower. He's an exciting player. So you've got a couple of things to start off with. But Mike Bone, I'm going to start off with credit to Mike because he was an outsider. He had nothing to do with USC when he was hired by USC. And then he knows, Mike Bone, that this is his chance. This is his time to get it as right as he can get it because if he gets it right, he got a long-term job and, and a lot of security. If he gets it wrong, he's gone in just a couple of years. So they went out and they hired a real professional athletic director. Not Lynn Swan, who was part of the family. Not Pat Hayden before him, who was part of the family. They got a legit athletic director. And then what did he do? He went and did what athletic directors do. You kiss butt to every person who has money who's part of the familia. And he must have done that really, really well because the amount of money that is being discussed in this Lincoln-Riley contract is beyond NFL money, George. We're talking beyond what John Gruden's 10-year, $100 million contract with the Raiders was. It's truly amazing that SC has shown everybody we are committed to winning more than ever before, and we'll put our money where our mouth is, like we're the freaking Dodgers. Yeah, and that's what you have to do in today's day and age in college football. You have to come up big. You have to give them the private jets. You have to entice them. By the way, this USC job, we talked about this, you know, the last couple weeks after the UCLA game. This is not, you know, 
Lane Kiffin stepping in after the Pete Carroll era, okay? That's not what this is where there was tons of talent here. There's some talent here, but not the type of talent that they're used to around here, particularly on defense, okay? And I I think that when you look at this team – Yes, they have guys who obviously a lot of kids, you know, schools wanted, et cetera, et cetera. But it has dwindled little by little. And I, I think now with Lincoln Riley, you reinvigorate the, the fan base. You reinvigorate the boosters who clearly had to step up and spend a lot of money. But you also reinvigorate the kids locally. I think right? that's probably the most important part of it all right there is that Lincoln Riley has what other names that we discussed don't really have. And even if it was Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, you could say, well, he has had a couple of really good years, and this year has been really spectacular. But this guy, Lincoln Riley, you mentioned it. You know, he's got two guys with Heisman trophies, two guys that were first overall picks. He's got three starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and he's a young guy at 38 years old, and he was only at Oklahoma five years. I mean, as a head coach, four or five years. So right. it, it, he really does have the instantaneous cachet and credibility to walk into any kid's house and any kid would go, oh my God, Lincoln Riley is sitting in my living room right now. Versus, yeah, Luke Fickle, yeah, he was the coach at the, that mid-major, Cincinnati. He, it was a stepping stone job for him. See, this has really got to hurt Oklahoma fans, George, because Oklahoma is in the same historical category of Alabama and, and USC, USC and, and Nebraska and, and Notre Dame. Et cetera, right, yeah. and, and, and more recently, you know, Alabama, Clemson, these kinds of schools, he's right there. So right, Oklahoma, he had been to the playoff. He lost all four games, but he'd been to the playoff, right. which is something USC has not been to. Can you right. imagine the ego blow to Oklahoma? Wait a second. We're not a stepping stone job. We just lost this guy to USC of the Pac-12? But think about how this has to go down on Saturday night when that game is over between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, that they can get him on a Zoom and that they can throw money and to have – like he's not saying, hey, guys, I'm emotional. This was a crazy game. Now's not the right time. They were throwing out money, and he was like, okay, I'm listening. I don't care what just happened 30 you minutes ago. You have my attention. I'm in. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. It's a crazy story. Well, and here's the thing. Again, if you if you look at these kids that this particular team has, you mentioned Jackson Dart. It's a nice place to start for sure. They have a couple of guys at receiver I think are pretty good. They've got some transfer guys that are okay. The running back position, they'll always be able to fill. But the reality is this. USC needed to make a big hire here. Because it's not just USC. It's honestly the entire conference gets carried by them. And now you have, at least at the moment, because Mario Cristobal's name is being bantied about as far as leaving Oregon, but at least currently, now you have, in theory, two teams that will compete for Pac-12 supremacy and also playoff supremacy and availability and possibilities. All right, now, again... We'll have to see what happens with Cristobal because, there are, again, his name is being thrown out for a number of jobs, including his mm-hmm. alma mater. Right. But what I'll tell you is this. Lincoln Riley right now can make this team better, not only because of what he does schematically, which we'll get to later, obviously, because there's a tons, of, tons of reasons why he's successful on offense, but also because of the transfer portal. You know how many kids now that aren't happy are going to say, hey, I know SC isn't you know up to snuff on their talent like they used to be, I could probably go in there and start right away if I just throw my name in the transfer portal. So between the transfer portal, okay, between what he's going to do to change a really awful recruiting class, historically arguably the worst ever in USC history at the moment with a few more days, I guess, or a week or so, whatever it is till early signing, like this thing can get turned around very quickly. And I think 
Now, this may be crazy, but I think he can put them in the Pac-12 championship conversation day one, season one. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything that outrageous about that. You know, I think if you're if you're trying to figure this out, like why would he do this? You know, Oklahoma is a top tier, like it's a, a ceiling. Top five there's a ceiling there. He's already job. reached it. That's it. Right. Well, that and also, you know, Oklahoma's leaving to go to the SEC. By the and way, we, by the way, I just mentioned Oregon. There's a yeah. ceiling at Oregon too. It's why I think Cristobal will leave it, eventually. I don't know if it'll be right now. And it's why Chip Kelly left. There's a ceiling there. Okay, Oregon is getting 40 kids from California, more than half of those from Southern California. And we talked about this a while ago. If USC makes the right hire, that number will dwindle and that they have made the right hire. So they have put themselves in a prime position. But Oklahoma, that thing is a ceiling, man. We've seen it. And now they're going to the SEC. It's going to be even tougher. Right. But I mean, if you're if you're Lincoln Riley, I mean, think about this, though. They're talking to you after the game. They're knocking on your door. 30 minutes ago, the game ended. It didn't go your way. There's a lot of emotions. Most coaches, you would just assume, would be like, hey, guys, let's, let's give it a couple of days. Let's get over what just happened here. But the kind of money, I think, that USC was talking about was such- Allegedly $110 million over the life of the contract. Not only $110 million. Think about this. We want you here Monday. Hey, guys, I just built a new house I bought. I, I'm trying to sell my other house. We'll, we'll buy, buy both of them. We'll right. buy and the pay one you're you over trying to asking sell. price. Yeah, right. double. We'll, we'll, we'll buy the first one that you're living in. We'll buy the second one that you just built, and we'll pay you more than they're both worth. We'll take the loss. Don't worry about it. So it's not only the, the number that we've heard is $110 million. It's not only we'll buy both of your homes in Oklahoma. We will give you and your family access to a private jet like as if you own it yourself which, you know, is worth millions of dollars beyond. Right, but that, that, that's big-time college athletics. Cause, that is. Uh, you know, John Calipari has one of those at Kentucky, and Nick Saban has one of those at Alabama, and that, that's the reality of it. But those kinds of things are Plus, why, they bought him a new house here, $6 million. Right, right. These are the kinds of things that make you get on a call sure. after a rivalry game that you're not feeling so good about the result. You but know, that, that's, that shows finally... Okay, we got to go to break here. Finally, USC has stepped up to the plate and used their muscle the right way. Instead of making this a starter job, they have gone and used and flexed their entire muscle. All their muscle. All of it. Every single. The the calf muscle, the bicep, the tricep, the deltoids. Don't forget about the abadabas, dude. They they showed off their split bone, showed off his six-pack. Okay? Even his buttocks. How about that? So there you go. Uh, all right, so I'd love to hear from you guys on the USC front. Did they finally hire their savior, okay? Um, we'll get into what makes Lincoln Riley special as well, and what are your expectations in year one? Now let's get to the bad news. The Dodgers, things are not looking so hot in the hot stove for them. We'll get to that in a moment. Stick around. We're back in three and a half minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. That highlight still gives me goosebumps. I'm just looking at my arm right now. <laughs> Happy birthday, 94 years young to Vin Scully. Way to go, Vin. 
94. How many years was it? 60 how many years as Dodger broadcaster? I mean, to go from Brooklyn to L.A. and spend all those years, it was like 60-something years, whatever the number is. It's still mm-hmm. incredible. Amazing. Yeah, he, he uh, began in 1950, ended in 2016. So 66 years. 67 seasons. Thank you. 67 seasons, right, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Vin, happy birthday. Incredible. I, George, let me tell you something. I don't know who's going to talk faster today, you or me. So I want everybody who's listening to try and keep up as best you can. Think about everything that we've got going on right now. The Lakers, very average. Borderline stink. Okay? The Rams have fallen flat on their faces, and there's a lot to be discussed there. The Chargers, predictably, have, uh, have fallen apart. I told you that was going to happen. Uh, Lincoln Riley, this USC story. Because, George, USC has been off the radar since they fired Clay Hilton. We haven't talked USC football literally all season long. The amount of stories. I didn't even mention the Dodgers, the Scherzer move uh, to the Mets, the Seager move down to the Rangers. What is going on today in sports is out of control, and it's coming off a weekend where college football was insane, NFL football was interesting, NBA basketball late until last night. I don't know who's going to talk faster today, you or me. I mean, I don't know. I generally talk faster than you anyway. But anyway, 710 ESPN is the only station giving you a chance to also win a million dollars, Scott. You forgot about that. I did uh, forget that. What do you think your 40 time is in your talking? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really. I haven't, well, you haven't, say you're I, so fast. I mean, I think I'm like a 4-1. 4-1-2. I mean, I think I'm NFL uh, caliber fast talker. Again, what does that make you then? You. 4-1, Scott. Like That's like Deion Sanders fast. Well, I think I'm right there. I think it's a very close race. I will tell okay. you that. We're, we're both fast talkers, and today we're yeah. going to talk real fast because we've got so much to talk about. Yeah, well, let me also tell you that uh, if you're listening to the show closely, good, because uh, we have uh, – we ha- do we have one or two giveaways today, Lindsay, just out just of curiosity? One. Just one at 545 today, and we're going to ask you a show-related trivia question. It could be something as ridiculous as what Scott just asked me right now. Uh, feel free to make sure to be paying attention to everything we do today, even the nonsense, okay? Uh, and the first person to answer said trivia question correctly will win Rams tickets and a shot at a million bucks. How do you get a shot at a million bucks? Well, if you answer the question correctly and you win the Rams tickets, we're going to ask you your Super Bowl prediction, the two teams and the two scores. If you nail that in February, we're going to write you a check for a million dollars. It's that simple. Somebody should pick the Lions against the Jaguars in the Super Bowl since this NFL season is so utterly unpredictable. Yeah, don't don't do that because you're literally just burning your chance. So don't do that. Don't listen well, to Scott. It's just an idea. Just the thing. No, it's, it's a terrible idea, actually. Well, don't pick the Rams because the Rams – I don't know about you, George, but uh, after yesterday's performance in Green Bay, not necessarily a game I expected them to win per se, but I didn't think they were anywhere near as competitive. And I don't know there's a lot of questions I, now. I, I, let, let's save that for the next segment because yeah, I did tease Dodgers. Going. Don't get Keep ahead rolling. of yourself. Keep here, right? I, slow down there, champ. See? Okay, fast talker, fast. No, no, not fast talker. You're thinking too much. Your brain is moving faster than uh, than it needs to. You need That's to slow down a little bit. There's too much stuff going on. Go okay, ahead. There, it's a three-hour marathon. Okay, slow down there, champ. So know. anyhow. To the Dodgers, since yeah. it is Vin Scully's birthday, yeah. and since we just talked about stroking a check for a million dollars, there were 325 uh, million that went Corey Seager's way, and 130 that went Max Scherzer's way, neither of which were from the Dodgers. So I, I, I'll say this. The Dodgers clearly wanted to sign both guys, but were clearly not willing to go that far. Yep. Now, Max Scherzer is getting the richest deal per year, I guess, per you know, average per year of anyone in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I, I think three years, I would have gone two, 
But three years at 37? Nah. Even as great as he's been, I'd be a little leery of it. Now, the Corey Seager one to me is fascinating because Corey Seager has been really good for the Dodgers. Now, granted, he has been dinged up. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, there is a uh, injury history, and you know the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. That's how I like to operate, and I feel like Andrew Friedman is much smarter than me and probably has a much cooler say- saying than I do about injuries. Um, so I would imagine that probably played a factor into it and the fact that they have Trey Turner too. So I- I'm okay with them passing on both guys, and I know oh everyone's my. freaking out today about Why? it. But I- I- because, I- look, this team is super deep in the rotation as far as their youth is concerned. Um, you know, granted, uh, I need to see what Dustin May looks like after that surgery, but most guys come back from it much better these days um, than they did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, most guys literally throw harder. <laughs> um, and then, uh, they again, they just, they're so loaded in the farm system. Like, I, I'm not as worried. And then they've got Trey Turner. The guy was like a top 20 player when they yeah. traded for him. Yeah. So I, I'm not super worried. Gavin Lux plays second base, which is where he was supposed to play anyway. Like, I think it fits just fine. So the thing about Scherzer is this. If I'm Max Scherzer and somebody's going to offer me a three-year, $140 million contract when I'm 37 years old, I don't care if it's the New York Mets. I don't care if it's the Tampa Bay Rays. It could be the, the Miami Marlins. I'll go play anywhere at this stage of my career for that ridiculous amount of money. So it really doesn't matter to me who the team is. It's whoever's the dumbest to give me that much money. Because Max Scherzer is a great pitcher. We understand that, okay? But Max Scherzer is also a guy who's at the very end of his career, the twilight of his career. It may not be one year. It may be two. Maybe, maybe he makes it to three. But we all saw him run out of gas this year. So I have no issue at all with the Dodgers saying, we're not paying him $130 million over the next three years. Forget about that. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So if the Mets are dumb enough to do it, then good for Max Scherzer to take the money and run. I've already won a ring. I've already got myself a full trophy case of Cy Young Awards and everything else that I've tried to do in my career. Guess what? Somebody was dumb enough to give me that amount of money at this stage of my career? Done. Where do I sign? So I got no problem with the Scherzer move. The Seager move, the good news is, and we all knew this when the trade went down for Scherzer, is that they've got in Trey Turner a player who can move to short and be just as good, if not greater than, what Corey Seager has been. We haven't even seen the best of Trey Turner yet, in my opinion. Very versatile player. You already had him. He's an insurance policy. I don't have a problem with the Dodgers showing a little bit of fiscal responsibility for these two players in particular. But I will say this. If you're a Dodger fan today, you should be a little bit worried about this starting rotation because what do you really have right now? Two starting pitchers? What are you going to do with Clayton Kershaw? Does Dustin May come back better, like you're saying? There are question marks about the starting rotation, and you should ask those questions. But the amount of money that Scherzer got, George, I'll go play in Siberia if you're going to give me that kind of money. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be upset about a guy taking all that kind of cash. Like, I, I, this is not the way I'm going to, I'm going to handle. I mean, especially at this stage of his career. Think about this. This yeah. guy's 37 years old. Even if he doesn't play, he's going to get all that money. Yeah. So let me go to. Go ahead. No, I mean, all I'm saying is this. You can tell me the Mets are a bad organization. Let me tell you what the Mets are. The Mets are the Clippers. So the, the Clippers know they've got to compete with the Lakers. The Mets know they've got to complete and compete with the Yankees. So that's why you go out and make a move like this. Yeah. Uh, look, here's the deal. 
if you're willing to give Corey Seager that amount of money, and I I know from a total perspective at 325, it's like somewhere like sixth or seventh uh, as far as largest contracts, but per year at 10 years for 325, it puts him as the fourth largest contract in MLB history. I don't know if he's that kind of player, albeit he's amazing. Uh, let's go to Paul in Huntington Beach. Paul, how are you? Hey, good to talk to you guys. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Back the Dodgers you, made their big move, their big 10-year boatload of billions of dollars last year when they locked up Mookie Betts. And by the way, I'd rather have him than Seager anyway. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Trey Turner, as, as uh, we just talked about, is sitting right there, who's going to be a dynamic shortstop. He's a far better shortstop than Seager ever was. Now, listen, I don't want to bury Seager. Love Seager. He's going to, you know, heart, you know sweet spot in Dodger heart, fans' hearts forever. But, dude, Alex Rodriguez got a 10-year deal going to Texas about a decade and a half or two decades ago. He was 25. Seager is 27 with far more injury history yes. than Alex Rodriguez had at that time. And it was – No, we lost Paul, I think. Wow. Paul, but I, your point is role. taken. I, I don't yeah. think there's any question. Uh, Texas is where careers go to die. I mean, that's just me personally. <laughs> so, hey, real quick, we'll take more of your calls at 877-710-ESPN on Lincoln Riley. What should the expectations be in year one? Also, how do you feel about the Dodgers uh, not doing so hot in the hot stove to start? I don't really care. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, Paul in Huntington Beach thinks they're okay. Cap thinks they're, they should be worried about the rotation. We'll get to all that in your calls, plus the Rams. We'll get into the Rams. Kaplan's all excited to talk about the Rams. We'll get into the Rams. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. In a second. Transfer portal's going to be real, man. You better get ready for that transfer portal. There's going to be a lot of kids coming to SC. You like that transfer portal. Listen, I'm telling you, it's an amazing story. I want you I'm going to send out some congratulations, George, to my friend Mike Bone. I got to give him tons of credit, man. You know, USC, they went out and they got themselves a real professional athletic director, not just some guy who was part of the SC family. And he then did what you suggested, which was go outside of the SC family and find somebody that none of us were talking about to become the next head coach. And to see Lincoln Riley land, get off the plane, have his assistant coaches, and everybody sitting there waiting for him, I mean, it was... It was one really impressive show of college football historical power by USC. Now they got to just get the season started and start winning games, and we got to wait like a whole year for that to happen. Yeah, they'll they'll be fine though. They'll be fine. Well, no, recruiting is now. The people are going to be super into recruiting now because he's got uh, early recruiting. Can he flip some guys? Can he get got you know fix this this class that's been a disaster? Uh, look, Lincoln is one of these guys that's super hands on when it comes to his recruiting. 
So I would imagine this thing will go. He's going to be super busy over the next couple of days, um, and I would imagine they will land kids like you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know that that will stay here, right? Like they're going to keep a lot of these kids that would have gone elsewhere, like Malachi Nelson. Okay, that we're going to go to him. Yeah, you know that Malachi was literally going to go to go to, go to Norman to yeah. play for him. So I would say that USC. This would just be a guess here. But when all the recruiting ranking guides come out, my guess is that USC will have a top 10 recruiting class this year. A top 10 recruiting class? Top 10, yeah. Because cause what, will happen is, cause what will happen is all these kids that were, that were thinking about going to Oklahoma because they were like, hey, I want to be the next Heisman winner. I want to be the next first-round draft choice. I want to be the number one overall pick. I want to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like Those kinds of players will now say, wait, I was going to go to Oklahoma, I'm going to go to USC. Or I was considering Oklahoma, now I can go to USC, I'll play sooner. No pun intended. See what I did there about sooner? That was not intentional, but that was really good. You're such a dope. It's true. That was brilliant, unintentionally. I know about brilliant, dude. Relax. By the way, we need to have Lincoln Riley on because I have one pressing question for him. You want to know oh what it is? Oh, God, what? No, it's, it's a very serious question. You want to hear okay. it? Yes. Apparently, he's got two dogs. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. The names of the dogs are like Boomer and Sooner or something like that. Yeah. Like related to Oklahoma's nicknames. Right. Does he so change the name he, is what you're saying. Yeah. Does he get rid of the dogs? Does he change their names? Does he get new dogs? It's, a, it's an important question, I think. Yeah, Boomer and Sooner are the names. Well, no, because he could always – I mean, listen, he, he, you're not just expunging – you know, his like his history and career and his resume. So the next dogs will be named Troy or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> so I mean you're not getting rid of the dogs. It seems excessive and ridiculous. Maybe USC will buy the dogs from him. <laughs> no, I, I I'm sure he's attached to them, is my guess. Wait, have you guys uh, ever heard like the Oklahoma fight song? The, the why they're called Boomer Sooner? The dogs? Uh, I have, but I haven't paid close they attention. They literally just go, Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, the whole time. That's the whole song. Yeah. yeah. Well. It's so like annoying. a song with a strong lyric, though. I mean, a strong lyric. No. Yeah, it's a good, good, good it's song, annoying. you know? Yeah. So anyhow, the Rams. Yeah. Everyone, you know, I was just saying everyone's freaking out about the Dodgers, okay? Right. And I get it, I guess. You know, I still feel like Andrew Friedman's really smart. There's still a long way to go. They'll be fine. Um, you are more worried about the rotation. Well, uh, I mean, the, they're going to do something, obviously, right? I mean, they, yeah. they've got They're not going to stand Pat. Yeah. Right. So, so they decided we're not going to spend that kind of money on an old guy, and yeah. we're gonna, not going to spend that kind of money on a guy who's got a bit of an injury history when we've right. got a, a second baseman that can easily move over short. Correct. So for everybody that's worried about the Dodgers, they haven't done anything yet. Correct. So um, now let's get to the Rams. And people are panicking there. Mason literally, okay, literally is off the Matthew Stafford bandwagon already. Like, all it took was a three-game losing streak. <laughs> and he's already off. Like, first of all, where's your conviction, Mason? And by the way, I actually have other things to talk about with Mason, uh, about Mason later. Um, I will actually defend Steve Mason later. But right now, I am calling him out. Where is your conviction, Steve Mason? Also, let me ask you a quick question. Scott, what do you think their biggest problem is right now? Like, the biggest issue with the Rams? Like, the if you Rams? had to pinpoint one thing, and not to say that other things aren't issues, but if you had to, like, assign, like, a larger percentage to a specific issue, what would that issue be? Lack of a running game. Now, I'm going to just say this. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks, and I, I specifically said to you, you know, Vaughn Miller, okay. I mean, that's a guy who 
statistically and historically has been one of the better pass rushers in football. But he's a guy who's getting a bit older and he's got some injury issues. And Denver was able to, you know, move him. Okay, so that's one piece. Then Odell Beckham. And the Odell Beckham thing from the beginning I didn't like, but then all of of a sudden Robert Woods got hurt. But I remember this conversation we were having, and I said this to you, George. If I told you one position where the, the Rams should really upgrade, what would it be? Would it be defensive end? Would it be wide receiver? Because for me, the number one thing that is a problem with the Rams is they have no running game. Now, I don't want to blame it exclusively on the offensive line, although they're a big part of it. A lot of it also goes to the coaching staff and the play calling. And I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Or, I mean, or, or sure. I, how about this? Yeah. They, they don't trust the guy that they have back there because the guy they were going to trust is hurt. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, look, Cam Akers I mean, that, got that, hurt. You don't think that that could be a possibility? You know, George, when you say that they don't trust him, my opinion is a little different. Do you my- remember at the beginning of the season when they were asked about, like, you know, him taking the, the load? Like, you know – Eventually, McVeigh came around to yeah, we we you know he's our guy, yada yada, et cetera. We 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 can count on him, yada yada. But he didn't come out and like blush about it. You know what I mean? And they also went out after Sony Michelle for a reason. Um, so like, there's obvious evidence that they don't think Daryl Henderson is anything more than a change of pace back. Maybe not, but I would say this. I, I see it slightly differently, and and this is the way I see it. Sometimes when you're a head coach and you're kind of considered an offensive mastermind. Ooh, he's a genius. He's an offensive genius. Coaches, especially those that are offensive-minded, get very fixated on the passing game, and they oftentimes don't remember that it's the running game that got them to where they were. And all I'm saying to you is, personnel aside for a moment from the running back position, I think Sean McVay and offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, although I put it more on McVay, I think these guys have gotten away from what got them to where they are, and the reason is because they got fixated on it's all Jared Goff's okay. fault, and Matthew Stafford will fix our problems. They've got to run the football. Okay, that I, helps I, you control the clock. We don't have a ton of time here. You know what else helps you control the clock? And I Tell think me. it's their biggest issue that no one seems to be placing enough blame on. Tell me the defense. We talked about we've been talking about the defense every week about how they're not as good even though they have name brand guys who are good, right? Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So their defense has been really bad at times this season. <laughs> not just good not just like average or mediocre, because they were great last year, but really bad at times. Yep. They just gave up a forty burger, okay, in at Lambeau Field. All right. So for us much as Matthew Stafford has been a problem the last three weeks, which, by the way, I happen to think, and this is me completely recklessly speculating, he's got to be hurt because there's no way that he is this inefficient on top of being this reckless. Um, if you look at his efficiency numbers, they're nowhere near what he normally has been anywhere, uh, here or elsewhere, obviously in Detroit. So that leads me to believe something is up there that is not being discussed well it's possible it's possible look that that was his reputation coming from detroit you know is that he's a warrior he's a tough guy he plays through injuries and so on and a few weeks ago i remember saying he's better than advertised but now we're getting that detroit matthew stafford the guy who can still put up a 300 yard passing game but he throws inopportune uh you know interceptions a pick six and three straight games we all know the story by now but uh, this is why I just think you, that that's an easy, lazy place to go. Well, and I'm not listen, saying you're lazy. No, no, I'm just saying okay. that the narrative is lazy. It, it's fine. Listen, all I'm saying is this. 
I'm not looking at Stafford as the number one thing. I'm just looking at Sean McVay saying, Coach, you've got to be able to run the football because running the football and controlling the clock keeps your defense on the sideline. But they don't have a guy that can do that, is well, what I'm but, telling you. But, but wait a second. Not only do they not have a running back, they don't have the offensive line any longer. Well, I disagree with that because they actually have a guy, the guys in place that can that can move the ball. I just don't think they have the right guy back there. No. I, I I bet you if Cam Akers was healthy, and maybe he gets healthy as, as the season progresses, we don't know. There's talk about that. But we got a break here in a second. But maybe if that happens, they will have a back that is more capable of doing that. I don't feel like Daryl Henderson is a guy that's, you know, dragging guys, you know, or finding the small creases and breaking tackles. Like, that's just not what he does. He's a speed guy for the most part. I disagree. Um, it, I'm just going to tell you, I disagree. I think this is an offensive line issue, and I think it's a play-calling issue, oh, and I think okay. it's a commitment issue. Um, all right, l- let's continue this on the other side. And there are plenty of calls on the Dodgers and the Trojans and, and perhaps even this at 877-710-ESPN. Because I do think that there is this is two-pronged, and you're on to something, but it's not the exact story that I, I, I want to tell about Sean McVay because there are some Sean McVay issues, and we'll get to that on the other side. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ooh, I like this song by the weekend. Um, it's old, but it's good. Uh, Pong, speaking of old, Pong is kind of up your speed. Like, I don't see you as a video game guy by any stretch of the imagination. No, but you know what happened, George, is Pong on Atari was kind of like the earliest generation, right? And then it turned into games like, this is the one that comes to my mind. Remember the game Missile Command? Yeah. That was like the next generation of Atari games. I had a joystick. It only had one controller, one orange button. It was very easy to use. In today's day and age of video games, I can't even, I can't play an Xbox. I can't play a PlayStation. There's like 500 different moves you got to make with your hands. It's too much. Are you a video gamer? Uh, I am not. I, I'm not like as much as I used to be. I honestly, I used to play a ton. What'd you play? Uh, when I when I only had one kid, What'd I you play? would still Fortnite. Play. No, no, I'd play like sports games. FIFA? Um, play FIFA soccer. Yeah, like FIFA or Madden or Madden, MLB right. The Show mm-hmm. or the NBA 2K or whatever. There you go. But I I bought a bunch of games last Christmas. Literally still in the in the packs. Like, oh, you I bought them for yourself? Them. Yeah, didn't even open them. <laughs> play some Mario Kart. Uh, my daughter has a Switch. She plays. I play more of that with her. We play Mario Kart, uh, Mario Odyssey, I think it's called, and then like Mario something else. There's like a bunch of Mario games. We only get her the Mario games. I Mario missed Party. out on all of it. Mar- Mario Kart, Mario Mario Party. Party, we have that one, and then we have there's another Mario one. Um, Mario Deluxe, which is kind of like the old school Mario a little bit. 
Do you guys, are you uh, fans of Guitar Hero? Because I'm no. excellent at Guitar Hero. I used no, to like no. Guitar Hero. My daughter Hero. plays Just Dance. Oh, I game. like that I one. like Just Dance. That's, That's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Now, I liked Guitar Hero Dance? years ago. When, when my kids were younger, I liked Guitar Hero. But when my son started playing video games, I told him, I said, no violent video games. No Grand Theft Auto. None of these, these games that are violence, you know? And, and you know, because I'm one of those people that believes that the reason there's violence in schools and stuff is because right. of video games, you know? Right. Um, so I wouldn't allow my kids to have any of those violent video games until they did it all behind my back. But I just never really got into this, the video games with, with the Xbox or the PlayStation. So, yeah, it's, Lauda, it's past my time. Did, did, your, uh, did, did you ever play video games? Were you a video game person? I did when, like, the Super Nintendo was a thing. That was my game. And then the Sega Genesis came out and then the first PlayStation I loved all that, like the Madden games, the NBA games, like that was my thing. Then the whole Gears of War and all this other stuff came out, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. But yeah, I only like stuff. the sports games for the most yeah, part, or the sure. Mario games on the Switch I can play with my kid. But outside of that, I don't really play like Grand Theft Auto or any of those games. Like, I played yeah. that play one. Fortnite. De- Red Red Dead Redem- Redemption, whatever that game is called. I don't even know like, that. What are the yeah. games that they have like where, that they play pro video gaming? What which games are those? Does anybody know? Oh, like League of Legends or yes. whatever. And all yeah, that yeah, stuff? yeah. That's yeah. too nerdy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's, did it's, Grand it's, Theft Auto though. Yeah, for me. Yeah, it's not my thing. I mean, although those kids will whoop your ass in Madden and NBA Two K too, though. That's oh the thing, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um. So anywho, um. Real quick, let me finish this Sean McVay thought, and then I want to get to the Lakers because I feel like Laura's or like if I mentioned the Lakers, we've we've tried not to mention the Lakers even though okay. they won yesterday because mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's gonna have indigestion kind of like they did on Thursday. Yeah, well, who's so, happier right now than the Lakers? I mean, think about it from LeBron's standpoint. Lincoln Riley, check. Rams stink, check. Dodgers losing big free agents, check. Nobody's talking about us today. Thanks, well, Kat. we'll get to you. Yeah, we will get to you. Um, but uh, here's the thing. Here's what McVay needs to do. McVay has a tough deal on his hands for, for two reasons, okay? And this is less about Sean McVay, the X's and O's guy, because everyone's freaking out. Oh, my God, he went for it on fourth and one from his own 29 at the first quarter. And I know that Troy Aikman um, called it a panic move or whatever. I, I disagree. I actually I feel like that's... I don't agree either. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was kind of smart and aggressive. And, and gutsy. And, 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 right. I, I agree with you. I thought that that was very much... Um, a surprise. Like, I think, like, oh, wait, if you're Green Bay, you're like, what, they're going for it right now from here? And I'm of the opinion that anything outside of the 20-yard line is fair game to go. I've seen Bill Belichick go for it at the 30-something yard line. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I don't think that's that big a deal. And I heard Mason no. today call it idiotic. No, and no, I'm no, like, it's nah, not. I don't it's buy not. That. But let me just say why real quick. Because here's the thing. You're on the road. You're playing one of the best teams in the conference. You got a lot riding on this game, and you're sending a message to your team from the very beginning. We're, we're be here to win. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be aggressive. Yeah, right. I have no problem with it. So anyway, back to my point. The issue that I think that Sean McVay has, and look, yeah. people have said, hey, you know, as great a rah-rah coach as he is, and he's super, you know, excited to be around the guys or whatever, sometimes having those tough conversations is not his forte. Now, I don't know that. The Sean I know has always been very forthcoming when he comes on the show with us. Um, we generally pin him down sometimes to make him say stuff that he may not normally say in these press conferences, but that's the relationship we've had on this show with him. But what I would say is this. I think he has to have two tough conversations, okay? And they are one with his buddy, 
the guy he brought here to be the defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, right? Because mm-hmm. the defense okay. stinks, mm-hmm. okay? And that can't be easy, Cap, to talk to your – now, maybe it is. Maybe because they're friends it's easier. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's a tough conversation he needs to have. And the other thing is he needs to stop with the – and I'm, I'm obviously – being hyperbolic here, the googly eyes with Matthew Stafford. He needs to coach Matthew Stafford just like he would coach any other quarterback. Um, Matthew Stafford is is a top 10 quarterback when he's right. Matthew Stafford is clearly better than Jared Goff. I don't think anyone would deny that. Matthew Stafford, I don't think anyone said well, he was Aaron Rodgers, but they felt like the pairing between the two would help this offense be even better and reach greater heights, which it did, and which is why I'm wondering if Matthew Stafford is healthy. Who, by the way, to your point earlier, has had health issues, uh, particularly the last couple seasons in Detroit, and he's 30-something years old. I think that that plays here. But to me, it's Sean McVay needs to have two really tough conversations with two people that he admires a ton and he clearly has affection for. And that's not always easy, but I'm putting that on the coach because that's also part of his job. Yeah, but if I'm Raheem Morris and, and he sits down, he sits to me, hey, look, you know, last year we we're the number one defense in the NFL, and this year we're not, and we're getting run over and run through. And by the way, Aaron Donald, who to me is the best overall defensive player in the entire NFL, has recently been completely seemingly shut out. I mean, he's a guy that impacts the game, and he has not done that recently. And I don't know if it's just simply because everybody's double-teaming or triple-teaming or running away or whatever. He has not made this sort of impact. And I thought yesterday, listening to the pregame show on 710, I thought that Kirk Morrison made a really interesting point, which was the defense looked gassed. And if I were Raheem Morris, I'd be looking back at Sean McVay going, Coach, let's look at time of possession. What do you want me to do? These guys are human beings. Okay, when they're on the field, as much as they're on the field, they're going to eventually run out of fuel, coach. you got to be able to control the clock, and that means running the football. The Rams can't run the football. Right, but if you can get some stops, then they can control the game. In other ways, you don't need to run the football, I think, to control the clock, Scott. I, I think that's a misnomer. Like John Gruden back in the day with, with uh, Rich Gannon, they didn't really run the ball that much with Charlie Garner. They did these little dump-off passes that were basically runs, because, but they were just little checkdowns. Um, so you can find ways to create that without actually handing the ball off five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like I don't think you need to do that either. Well, listen, you and I are going to disagree about this, but, you know, when it comes to controlling the clock, when it comes to giving your defense a blow on the sideline, um, running the football and, and time of possession is a critical part of the game. And I'll throw in another part of it, which is turnovers. And if I'm Raheem Morris, I'm doing the exact same thing. We go, Coach, 80% of the time in the NFL, when you lose the turnover battle, you lose the game. And that's another part of the problem is, is the turnovers all of a sudden. So I hear what you're saying. I do. I think it's an interesting point that you're going to have to talk to your defensive coordinator and find out what he thinks is going on. On the other hand, when it comes to Matt Stafford, this is why you guys all gave me a hard time when he came here. I was like, look, Hall of Fame statistics, no wins to go with it. Right, but he played for the Lions, Scott. I understand, like, and I got it, but here's my But he's point. better than Jared Goff, is okay, he not? But, but, well, yes, individually, okay. he's a better quarterback, but I have a question for you. Are the Rams better today than they were a year ago at this time? Yes. What's the record last year? What's the record this year? I'll bet you it's not that far off. I, I, my, I mean, my, my only point is is that we can all knock right, Jared but, Goff but, all day long. But the reality of the situation is is that when they had Jared Goff, they were trying at least at times to run the football. And, and I think that what happens is when you have a veteran quarterback with all these impressive statistics, that's when you go, okay, great. Now we can just whip it around the field all day long. 
No, I I don't disagree with that part of it that they that they they but I don't think it's just about the running game. I think it's about play action. Yes, you have to run uh to to have that threat, but they clearly have the ability to run play action. They don't run it very often, okay? They, they're like 25th in play action passes. They were second the year before. And that wasn't only just about the run um, because they didn't run it as much as they ran it previous with Gurley. So I, I do think, and we, we got to go because we're way over the break. Um, but I, I think we can have this conversation throughout the show, which we'll do. I want to get to the Lakers next. Um, and I think we may need to come to grips with something. We'll do that in three minutes and 10 seconds. <laughs> 